host Katie, and of course, that makes this episode 48 of the Circles and Squares PlayStation podcast uh, on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Kate, welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you. I'm good. I'm doing really well. I've uh, I've had a, a sleeper game I've been working on, and I stayed up till about 2 a.m. last night to beat it. <laughs> so, you know, all for the show. It's right? the podcaster's <laughs> life, man. I was I was doing the same exactly. thing last night. I was playing. Uh, we were going to be talking about Persona Five Strikers. Um, as we mentioned, on, as for part of the PS Plus lineup for the month, and I was playing that last night till like yeah two o'clock and trying to hammer out the first little part to chat about. But yeah, it's it's a it's a good weekend, as people will notice on the video show. I've got my Packers jersey on today. Notice it's Clay Matthews, not that whack guy Aaron Rodgers, who's apparently against vaccinations. Yeah. Get your vaccine, everyone. Don't listen to Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> but let's hope they win today. You know what? It's going to be stressful. They're playing San Francisco, a team that's. Uh, beating them a few times in some important games so like, cross your fingers folks i'm i'm kind of stressed out and uh, looking forward to watching that after this <laughs> well good good luck uh packer boys um that's all nice. i got to say <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about nfl football for listeners is that like kate doesn't follow it at all I'm, I'm a reasonably big fan but my favorite thing is that sometimes i send her like pictures of the funniest celebrations you know like there's some really oh my creative God. and some of them are so funny. There was one and they were like, I don't know, they dance around and they do the wildest shit. Like one of those guys was playing like tic-tac-toe on someone else's back or something. Really. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Pose. Yeah. It's like the real highlights are not what happens in the game. It's what happens no. when they score, basically. Exactly. But, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's how, how BM can your taunt be. Like, it, it's amazing. Exactly. Anyway, go Pack Go. And uh, yeah, hopefully there's some Packers fans listening out there because uh, we need, well, I mean, there's tons of us. Who cares? Um, yeah, Kate, there's we dozens got... of you. <laughs> oh, there's so many. There's so many. Dozens of us. Um, um, unlike my hockey team, I, I cheer for one of the most popular football teams, so it balances out. Anyway, um, this is not a sports podcast, conversely to what you might think after this first minute of the show. It's in fact a video game podcast, and we have video games to talk about. Um, before we get into that, I just want to remind everyone that you are now able to rate the show on Spotify, so please do so if you haven't already, if you're one of our lovely Spotify listeners. Um, we appreciate the five-star reviews, obviously, but uh, it just helps us grow the show, get in more places, and obviously the same for YouTube and wherever else you're listening as well. We appreciate all the support. Um, but let's get into the show. So for the first part, as we usually do on our regular show here, we'll talk about the games we have been playing. Um, and then for the second half of the show, we have a brand new, well, it's an offshoot of a regular segment. We usually do uh, some quizzes and stuff for each other, but this time I have a, a unique twist on that to look forward to later. So I'm excited for that later in the show. And then, of course, we will be answering a listener mail question to close it out as we like to do as well. So a reminder at the top of the show that if you want your listener mail read out on the show, if you have a question or a comment or a story about a game that we've talked about and you want us to read it and make some comments, you can send that to circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com. Um, or you can get in touch with us on Twitter at CNSPod where we have all our links laid out and you can connect with us however you feel is best. Um, Kate, let's get into our first game of the day, though, which is Persona 5 Strikers, um, a game that was on PS Plus for this month. And man, you know what? It's uh, we were pretty excited to get another bit of Persona put into our lives. I think we agreed it was a game like, oh, you know, it's Dynasty Warriors. Um, you know, that's not really either of our thing. But considering it's like a full price game and we're such big fans of Persona 5, like obviously this was going to be. Um, what we checked out and so I guess we should start off just by saying like how much we've played like for me um, I've played about six or seven hours now and I've beaten sort of the first area of the game um, and I've got some mixed feelings on it so I'm I'm interested to see what you have and yeah what where are you at in the game how have you enjoyed it so far yeah um 
I, I'm still kind of in the process of moving and I've had a bit of a crazy week. So I, I didn't get to play quite as much as I hoped I would. So I played about maybe three hours, maybe three and a half, four, uh, if, if I'm being generous. So I definitely didn't get as much time with the game, uh, but I feel like I at least got a decent feel for how the, how the style works mixed with Dynasty Warriors. And I'm kind of in that boat too, where I think this is genuinely like a good take on that genre. And I, they pulled a lot of Persona into the Dynasty formula, and I think it's actually kind of neat how they managed to merge the two. Um, but that being said, that I, I think this is reaffirmed for me that the Dynasty style games are just not my scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, even with the Persona skin, like I didn't know it was a direct sequel to 5, and it kind of picks up like two months after 5 ends. And so it's just like littered with like all the feels from five and all the Easter eggs, like the gang gets back together. Ryuji says for real, like, yeah, yeah. like 12 times in the first half hour. And it like, it hit me in that way. Um, and so I wish I, I was excited to play more, but I, I don't know if I'll go back to it necessarily. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, it's like, it's exactly what you said. It's like the fact that it is a direct sequel to persona five and, um, you know continues that right where that story left off like for me that persona 5 people know it's not a secret it's my favorite game and so like having more added to that story is is like awesome like i can't wait to play through and see the story there's no question in my mind that i will be completing this game just to you know spend more time with those characters and see where their story goes but i agree with you completely like the dynasty warriors kind of setup of it the gameplay just isn't really what i'm looking for I, i've i've never really been a huge dynasty warriors person i've not that i have a lot of experience with it either but this has not done anything to to get me into more of those style of games really um mm -hmm. and maybe we should explain a little bit of what that's about just because dynasty warriors isn't something we've talked about it's it's basically like they're they're big beat em up games where the the battles are um very grand in scope so instead of having like um you know Kratos and God of War, where you're fighting a few enemies at once. In Dynasty Warriors, it's more like um, you've got a bunch of fodder enemies. Like there could be hundreds on the screen at one time, and you're mm -hmm. kind of just comboing. And and there's it feels a bit button mashy. I'm, I know there's combos you can actually do and and inputs you can have, but in, for large part, I feel like it is quite button mashy, and you're you're more or less just clearing out areas and and moving through the yeah. map like that. That's what I feel. Like there's a lot of systems in there, and I was surprised by like the the amount in there and the depth and almost it felt like really complicated to learn everything and i think like there are harder difficulties you can select so i think maybe if you play on those it might be more necessary to like really intuitively learn those systems but it felt like at least for the first part of the game and maybe it ramps up later but it feels like for the vast majority of like the early game you're just kind of fighting hordes and like button mashing is an option and so for me, that kind of takes away some of the like excitement of doing the more complicated stuff because it's like, well, I could just mash like triangle and that also works. Yeah. And so that's kind of rough. But with that being said, you can swap to different characters and different characters have certain like slightly like altered play styles, which is kind of nice. And you have access to the full like phantom fees almost from the get go. So like I ended up playing a lot of Haru and she's sort of like, mm, an I like Haru too. Gun, and like, she's like a big cannon basically. And so that was actually what I had the most fun with was being like Haru and like sort of aiming the gun. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah no, I agree but with otherwise that too. It, it is 
pretty mashed together, or at least it feels like that's a viable strategy sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think for me, I've noticed it comes down a lot to like hitting the enemy weaknesses, similar to in the game. Like you always <laughs> want to be using the all-out attack. So as as long as you have like the right element, I feel like it's either is use the element and then just button mash as much as you can to to damage them until they get up, or and then you use the element again, sort of to knock them down. Um, and it, yeah, I, what you said, I, I think is an interesting point about having the whole cast open from the start, because for me, it's like, on one hand, that's really cool story-wise, because one of my criticisms of Persona 5 is that certain characters like Haru, you mentioned her, you get mm -hmm. her so late in the game that you don't really get to develop that same relationship and know her as well as like Ryuji and An and Morgana and like these characters that mm -hmm. are there with you from the start. So I like the fact that you get everyone like the whole crews together from the beginning so you can actually spend the full game with them but then in terms of learning the like the battle system i feel like it is complicated and then you're learning every character has a little bit of variation and what they can do like you know certain characters have different i think like fox has a counter you can do if you time his special he move at the right time does have a counter and i thought i'd be super excited for that but i don't know i guess i just yeah. didn't really play like with the with the timing well enough but i definitely i definitely played as fox and haru were my my og persona team was those two uh yeah me and mona and so yeah that's exactly who i took in the first palace was like it's the og like a squad coming back let's go <laughs> yeah yeah and what i like about it too is you can just you can do the same thing you can swap your characters out at the checkpoints there's a lot of different checkpoints you get to in the game as well so you can constantly Kind of switch every time you get there so if one character is running low on mp or hp you can just swap them out and, and continue on although the game also makes it really easy to like come and go out of the the palaces i guess they're, they're jails in this game but similar yeah. idea you like enter these areas from the the main area they're the main like town you live in and you can come and go like really freely and entering and exiting just restores all your health which i really i think it works well for this because you you kind of want to just heal up quickly and then get right back into the action to continue mm -hmm. progressing right and um but at the same time i think again like you're we're comparing and contrasting the story versus the gameplay a lot in this and i feel like as much as i'm interested in the the extension of the persona 5 story i think where this game really doesn't quite hit that same high is like the writing is still good quality but it just feels a lot quicker like you don't get to spend yeah. days with the characters and plan out like oh who am i gonna hang out with tomorrow in my free time like it's always like everyone's a group you don't have individual bonds and relationships with them like it's just the, your group itself is increasing its bond but i guess you're already like very good friends with them at this point and so it kind of takes away from that persona calendar aspect which is so fun to manage during mm -hmm. the game and instead it's very more compact like you just have you know your main hub area you're at you go to the store and then you're right back into the the dungeon basically yeah i agree and i i found too as i was playing especially and it might just be a early game thing because they've got a lot of like exposition they need to give you to like get you into what's happening and then also for new players who haven't played five which i don't think i'd recommend but i guess like you know if you're not interested in the, in the gameplay of five that's you know that's you know someone might have a flip experience so if you're mm -hmm. not in Union 5, you have to kind of get caught up to speed a little bit. So early on, I found there was like just tons of dialogue section. And I know Persona 5 is known for that. Yeah. It has a lot of cutscenes, a lot of dialogue, but it's typically broken up with you making those like management sim style decisions. So like, okay, you have to talk to everybody and there's walls of text to read, but it's broken up by going to Big Bang Burger and doing <laughs> the Big Bang Burger challenge, which as everyone knows is one of the most exciting things you can do in Persona. But in this, it's there is no break. So 
it was actually funny the first night i played i was i was playing some in the evening i was like okay i'm getting pretty tired i'm gonna go get ready for bed and i'll come back and like you know finish up this dialogue section and then i will uh i'll you know go to bed and i'll play some more in the morning and so i did that and i must have played for at least another half hour and i was like i'm nowhere even close to feeling like i'm done getting through this dialogue section because mm -hmm. it just kept going whereas i think in five it was like paced a little bit differently because yeah. it wasn't just it wasn't just the you know like dungeon or dialogue it was dungeon dialogue and um like choices and like character like rp sections and so yeah. having that third thing i think helped the pacing even though it could be a little long-winded at times for sure but missing out on one of those aspects just made this like oh my god like you gotta be like ready for walls of text which is really kind of a strange contrast with like the really hectic like bombastic like um like spectacle style combat and then it's like okay now slow paced talking and yeah. so I, that's kind of a weird juxtaposition i think maybe a lot of people i don't know if that's typically how dynasty goes or if that's the like persona coming into it but yeah you're either in a, you're either in a mode for like action 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 100 percent, or like chill out for for two hours <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i noticed the same thing like especially at the start too and they're they're it's very exposition heavy like catching you up on mm -hmm. a lot of the systems like they go over the difference between a palace from the original game and like yeah. what a jail is in this game they go over those details like incessantly almost like and, and i wonder like kind of too who the target for this game is in a way because i wouldn't imagine that a lot of people would come to this as their first persona game right like i would imagine most people would have the experience like oh i really like persona 5 let me expand into this like spin-off kind of game i don't know yeah, if there's a lot of people coming from like the dynasty warriors that haven't played persona 5 and I, the problem is too is that it doesn't work as well in reverse like there are so no. many spoilers for persona 5 well, it's a sequel immediately though, right? like, in this yeah. exactly and like i think they, they should be there like they have to be there but like there's some characters you meet like very early in this game and it's like Oh, if you haven't played five, like that is a big twist that happens. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. You know, what a shame to have that spoiled. So like obviously playing five is not a prerequisite for this, but like I feel like it's harder to go backwards. Than I feel like it kind of is a prerequisite in a lot of ways. Like if you if you care at all about the story of Persona, I feel like you pretty much just couldn't play this first. You know, like Persona yeah. being such a such a story heavy game, but at the same time, like I hope I'm sure there are people who are fans of the Dynasty Warriors genre that tried this out and then got into Persona as well. Like there there must be the other way. How do you mm -hmm. feel about the the new characters they've introduced? Um, Sophie and the what's the other guy Zenkichi, right? Like the long haired guy. Yeah. So I don't know too much about the detective yet. I've definitely met him, and I, it cracked me up that he's like hanging out at LeBlanc because he was very much like, oh, this is a catchy, got it. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was kind of interested to see, and I think what I'm going to do is instead of committing the time to play this game, I might just watch like cutscenes and kind of like mm -hmm. see where the story goes and, and kind of do it that way, because I am interested to see like where he differs from Akechi and like kind of where the story goes. Um, mm -hmm. so, so far I initially quite like him. Uh, Sophie, I am unsure on, I think she's cute. I love her shopping. I think that's hilarious. The shop screen is amazing. The, the menu in the shop amazing. screen. Oh my God. That persona menu magic expedited delivery like, yeah. as much as i kind of hate missing out on the shops from five like you know the air shop yeah you shop all those is guys. closed and like the the clinic is closed and i was kind of you know like looking forward to seeing those characters again so that was a disappointment but i do think the shopping is hilarious and i love where it shows you where it's like all coming from because you're like basically like amazon ordering everything but it's mm -hmm. like instant and it shows you like 
there's like little flavor text as to where each thing is like the vendor. And so that's really cute. Yeah. And um, I love the dialogue box on the side too. Like you'll be going mm -hmm. to sell all the junk you picked up in the in the jail and the uh, Sophie will just be sitting on the side and she'll be like, oh, don't need that one. Hey, okay. Sell it over here. Like be careful. Like the prices are good here. It's not just random things like that would be like muttered behind her breath almost while you're while you're shopping it's like it's a really cool detail and makes you feel like yeah it's just it's just something unique to the game yeah absolutely I, I was a little concerned about her when i first met her because typically i'm not a huge fan of that trope of like oh i i don't know anything and i'm like a vulnerable young human girl and i need you to teach me things and it kind of like verges on a little bit of like oh, we, we could very easily take advantage of this girl and sometimes mm -hmm. like it, you know especially in anime stuff like that is a trope that gets well, kind of it's a downfall of persona right persona does have a lot of those weird japanese kind of sexualizations yeah. like there's, they're I, going I, on a camping trip and it's like oh are the boys gonna sleep with the girls that that type of thing like yeah. you know exactly it can be a little like immature in that way but so far at least from what i played they didn't really take it down that route and so i kind of worried for nothing and or at least from what i played and so I ended up liking Sophie more than I thought I would. And also when she is in her like metaverse form, she kind of mm -hmm. looks like Mags. <laughs> <laughs> she does, yeah. I think that gave her a really big buff in my mind that I just, I think of her as I think of Baymax. And she's like, I'm here to be humanity's companion. It's like, I cannot go away until you say you're satisfied with your care. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, I I think generally I like her. And she uses yo-yos, which is kind of a cool... It's a cool weapon, yeah. It's fun cool just weapon. to have a new a new phantom thief kind of... I don't. I guess she's not officially a phantom thief, but she's kind of with your party for the game and, and kind of mm -hmm. rounds it out, which is nice. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think I'm going to continue on. I don't I don't have a lot more to say about it. Like, I'm obviously looking forward to, to playing more and getting deeper into the story. I feel like this might be the kind of game where I slam it down to easy and just like yeah. go through for the the story because I really just don't have any interest. If I'm going to be button mashing anyway and like the battles will just be shorter and easier to win, like I'm there for the story for for this for sure. Um mm -hmm. but it's definitely made me excited to to play like more of the spin-offs. Like I definitely want to check out the Persona 5 uh dancing game as well. Yeah, just, those uh, dancing games I genuinely want to play. And like well, we haven't touched on it yet, but the music in this game is obviously amazing. Like there's some new stuff. Um You Are Stronger has got to be one of my new favorite Persona songs. It's kind yeah. of like it feels like one of the main themes for this one and it's amazing and then early on you get like your rivers in the desert scrambled version yes, it's yes. kind of a more like rock version of the song and it is so good yeah there were times where like it would start out in a fight and like that rivers in the desert would come on and then one of them would give, be giving you like a tutorial tool tip on like the <laughs> 17th different like combat system that you can do and i just sort of like stayed in that dialogue box and didn't click through because i just wanted to jam along mm -hmm. to it and i'd be like mm -hmm. oh maybe i have a text message i can respond to or like something i can do as an excuse to not progress past this song too quickly <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm so with you too and like i can i can confirm as i'm sure you expect like when you go into the final infiltration of the the palace i did beat the first jail last night i wanted mm -hmm. to make sure i got past that part just so i could yeah. see what happens afterwards but um i got there and, and it definitely plays the same infiltration music as the regular game nice. as well like the hypest thing in the world yeah. And that music comes on and you're going through the palace for the final time and it's like hell yeah mm -hmm. man this music is just unbeatable i, I we talked about okay. uh, streets of rage 4 the soundtrack uh, a few episodes ago and like how good that was and there's a lot of games that have good music but man persona is the king of soundtracks it's just it's something else i i'm so trying to find if anybody knows any bands that are like persona 5 soundtrack please tell me like i've been trying so hard to find bands that are similar and i found some that are good but there's nothing quite like persona 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, let us know. That's a good question for our listener mail or a good thing to write in for us, that's for sure. Yes, please call us. I'm desperate. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on Persona Strikers, Kate? Um, I do have some more thoughts on Persona Strikers, but I think it bleeds really well into another game I've been playing. Uh, they do a really good comparison, and I think it, it just really highlights my personal preference when it comes to like action-focused sure. games. Yeah, well, let's move along to that then, because I don't have a lot more to say. I will definitely be reporting back on updates for this, because I'm going to go through the whole thing. So uh, look forward to that. But yeah, let's get into your next game, Kate. Okay, so I, at about 2.15 a.m. this morning, beat Fury, which is a game I bought on Steam like six years ago on Steam (laughs) sale. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe that's an exaggeration, because it came out in 2016. But I bought it years ago on a cheap Steam sale and finally got around to playing it. And it took me like six hours to beat it. So like, yeah, it's short. I'm absolutely kicking myself how I haven't played it. But this game is intense. It is wild. Um, you just need to see it to kind of know, get a sense of what it is. But it's got this really like sort of like cyberpunky or like samurai fusion kind of aesthetic going on. And it's essentially a series of boss fights. That's all the gameplay is in this game. You fight a few bosses in a row with some like story sequences in between, and then you're done the game. Similar to like Titan Souls, then if you do you play yeah. that at all? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a Titan Souls, but there's not even like an overworld you really walk around in. It just kind of takes you like from cutscene, like well, not so much cutscene, but like walking with dialogue to boss fight, to walking with dialogue, boss fight, repeat until you're done. But this game is so bizarre and unique. It's it reminds me of like a super giant style game where they just sort of like had some weird passion vision and made it work, and it's somehow perfect. So it's a combination of a bullet hell. And you're on that bullet hell train. I am on say. a bullet hell train, as they say. It's a bullet hell, and it's also like a parry reaction-based melee combat game. And the vast majority of boss fights, um, you kind of flip between phases where you're doing like bullet hell shooting and it's like a top-down arena. Uh, And of course, it's like got this great like disc or not disco, um, like electronic kind of music soundtrack that's going along. And the music in this game is amazing, uh, just as a side note. And when you pause the game, it shows you the artist that's currently playing which I think is a really nice detail. And so... More games should do that. More games should do that. Well, I think because this game doesn't have like an original soundtrack, it's just music taken from other artists. Uh, And it fits really well, but I think it's nice that they wanted to credit them like that. So at any time you can tell who's playing. Um, And so you're doing these like intense bullet hell sections to this like electronic music. And of course it's got like the bright neon flashing colors and it's just got that really bold kind of aesthetic. And then, you know, the end of the boss will get like knocked down and then you'll go into like a melee, like samurai style, like sort of phase. And it's just, it's really simple in what you actually have in terms of controls, but it makes use of them in such creative ways. So when you're in kind of the the top down bullet hell sections, you can move, you can dodge. Uh, you have a really nice dodge, by the way. <laughs> so points on that. Uh, and then you you can shoot and you can parry. And those are all the four things you do. There's no like intense combos that you have to learn. There's no like, you know, six different types of guns that you have at your disposal. It's just really simple. And then when you go into the melee, again, you have parry, dodge, and 
Wash, um, rinse, spin. Wash, rinse. Yeah, exactly. You know, do your laundry. It's Perry Dodge move. That's basically all you do. But the complexity comes in terms of how you deliver on that move set and how you utilize it. It is so strict timing based because bullet hells get intensely complicated, right? Like there is so much visual information being thrown at you. Like picture something like Cuphead or Returnal or like, you know, Enter the Gungeon or something like it's one of those games that when you first start playing, it's very overwhelming because it's like, how can I keep track of all these things yeah. on the screen at once? Like there's like a hundred bullets coming out. You me. almost need to but, get into that like meditative stance where you're like yes. watching the screen, but you're not staring at any one thing because you're so mm-hmm. busy keeping track of a hundred different things on it, right? Exactly. So it'll kind of transition from something like that while you're also shooting the the boss and, and kind of like attacking back when when there's opportunities. And then it goes into like the melee, which is so awesome because it's a very reactionary game, which is definitely my style when it goes to those sections. And so you can't just attack the boss. They'll dodge you or they'll like counter you back. So you kind of have to wait and either like get a good counter on them or dodge a couple attacks and then it's your turn. And that is exactly my favorite kind of, of action. So it's just like somehow a blend made in heaven of like, oh, Katie's on a bullet hell. Okay, we'll just throw a bullet <laughs> hell into this action game and it's perfect. It's a cool uh, combination. It is a really cool combination. It's really unique and un- unusual, but it, it fits together weirdly cohesively. Uh, and some bosses tend a little bit more towards the the bullet hell style and some tend to be a little bit more melee focused and some are, you know, like a, a combination of both. Um, and then what I always really like about too is there's a lot of like experimentation that you do and a lot of like risk reward. So sometimes like if you parry a string of attacks, that might be might, might be a safe thing to do. But after you've done it a few times, you realize like you can actually sneak a hit in. So you're like parry, parry, hit, parry, parry. But like you kind of have to play around with the boss and figure out what kind of openings are available to you because they're different every time. Each boss feels very unique and sort of changes up your approach, which I, I really appreciate. Like I won't want to spoil too much, but like one of my favorites is like a one of the later bosses is like she's got a big sniper rifle and so she kind of like spends a lot of the fight running away from you and you have to go find her based off of where she's shooting at you from and then when you do find her she like has invisibility so she'll kind of go Mm. invisible and like shoot you and she'll kind of like pop out of nowhere and you have to do like really quick reactions um it's almost more of a puzzle rather than like the bullet hell type stuff yeah kind of got a lot of puzzle elements to it and there's another boss that does like cloning himself and so you have to kind of like shoot and figure out which one's the real one. And there's one boss, my favorite boss, even though I love the bullet hell, my favorite one is a melee only boss. He's right at the end. He's tough as nails. Uh, but it really felt like I'm playing Sekiro. <laughs> like, <laughs> no game has ever made me feel anything like Sekiro. And so it's like, hmm, I wonder if they played, I wonder if FromSoft played Fury because it, it there's kind of a one-to-one there. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. I, I just really like risk reward. I like very deliberate combat. I feel like in this game, it does that a lot. So it, it's got a unique momentum system that I think really carries the game because boss fights can be um, difficult. They're obviously intended to be challenging and they're also quite long, each of these fights. And so it has this mechanic where you know, you both you have your health bar, the boss is theirs, and it shows you how many phases the boss have. So typically they'll have like five or six, like they're quite long fights. Uh, but you also have a little bar that's kind of like your phase bar. 
and you get three of them, I believe. You might start with two and then move up to three, but you definitely have three by the end of the game. And when you get defeated, you lose one of those phases. Or you can think of it like live a mm -hmm. life system, I suppose. But you lose one of those. And then when you take the boss to the next phase, you gain one back. Oh, nice. Okay. So it's really momentum focused. And even if you struggle at a phase at first, you have a chance to kind of like recover some ground, which is nice because it, it kind of eliminates that, you know, phase three is really hard for me or like I don't, you know, phase four introduce something I don't, I don't, I've never had to deal with before and I had to learn it. And so it gives you that chance to like mess up and then gain your momentum back and yeah. keep going yeah. as opposed to like, okay, I'm, you know, like I got through the first three phases and I have to restart from the beginning. So if you lose all of your phases and die, you do go back to the beginning. But I like that it kind of gives you that like wiggle room to sort of experiment and figure out like what yeah. the best way to tackle each phase is because they get progressively harder and they keep introducing like slightly new mechanics that you have to, to learn what to do with. I think that's I, a great great system mm -hmm. just i was gonna say just because like you know a lot of games when they have very challenging bosses it can become frustrating when you're halfway through and you're like oh like goddamn i'm almost nearly dead i may as well just click restart but it sounds yeah. like with this game you can like oh okay if i just like do really well in this next phase i'll get some health back and you maybe could play it like a little bit more organically instead of like constantly hitting reset yeah yeah exactly and and so it kind of gives you like in theory if you die once every phase you beat the final at full, right? Like, and so it, it gives you that wiggle room. And it also feels like a really nice, like, pacing to the fight because it's so back and forth. And, like, when you're on your last health and you kill the boss and everything just regens back to full, it feels incredible. It's like a big momentum shift for the fight. And I like that back and forth kind of feeling. And another thing that goes along with that really well is um, the parry in this game is oftentimes there are certain situations where parry is your only option because it will ramp up a little bit in difficulty or a boss will put you in a certain mm -hmm. spot that makes dodging not your best option. But typically you can dodge all of the attacks and that's lower risk, lower reward, but you can parry, which is difficult. But if you do that, you regain some health back as well. So you really are kind of motivated to sort of carve out a play style and to kind of like push yourself to to really learn the boss timings um, mm -hmm. but there's also like oh fuck i just gotta dodge so i i think it's really uh elegant how the game works and i i want to tie that back to strikers because it, it really playing these two games in combination really kind of solidified in my mind that it's not slow paced combat i like it's very deliberate mm, mm -hmm. and in something like fury like you have to do your timings perfectly that is how you win there's certain things that like if you don't dodge at this time you don't dodge the attack or same with the parries and it's all about like these very precise um controls and i i like that and if i get hit i know like oh i dodged slightly too early or slightly too late or i needed to go at a slightly different angle and i feel like i can keep making micro adjustments to be better at the game and something like Strikers, it's not that it's, like, too easy or that it's too... It's messy. Know, like it's it's it, messy. It's, 
it's not deliberate is the word I would use. Like in mm. Strikers, there's a lot of systems that are really interesting, like especially when you get into using the personas and like there's different combos you could use and, you know, the switching characters. Yeah, exactly. There's like switch characters and then it gives them a bonus to use some, like, you know, you get the baton pass bonus, and then you use this, and then you swap back and like it's strategic in that way. But I don't feel like I have to like be deliberate about my timing. I don't like you know, you press X and it just hits everybody and you, yeah. you can just like combo out of that. And it, so like, it it just feels, yeah, maybe messy is a good word, but I, I think it's just not my kind of style of like small. I like simple controls that have precise and complicated application. I don't like complicated controls where I have a million options and a million different moves to use and I need to decide which is the best. Yeah, I just want... Yeah simple and and then the execution is more the the play and so it was it was a neat way and i think that's what puts me off of those dynasty dynasty warriors games but mm -hmm, draws mm -hmm. me so much to something like fury yeah there's definitely a continuum there right there's like there's mm -hmm. like that type of thing like strikers over here and then there's the the like precision combat that you really like over on the other side and you're definitely like a lot more skewed to like yeah. this side oh, of the I'm spectrum like, for sure I'm you're like, like very far the over edge there. of it <laughs> it's interesting i'm trying to place myself yeah. because to me like fury sounds like i actually would be interested in it but i wouldn't say it's like that type of thing draws me because that sounds very from in a lot of ways too and that doesn't always draw me yeah but i also like i think i do prefer that to like what dynasty warriors is presenting yeah. I think I'm somewhere like in the middle of the sweet spot, but I'll have to unpack that a little bit more because that makes yeah yeah this is I, a good conversation. I think so it's it's definitely a spectrum. Um, but what's funny about that is it turns out that was my uh, experience with Fury. Um, and I will say too, there is an interesting story going on. It's it's very vague. Um, you get a lot of like you're you're a prisoner escaping from this facility that you're locked in and basically all the bosses are other prisoners that you have to kill on your way out and then eventually mm -hmm. the jailer um and then there's a secret final boss that just flips the whole game and story on its head and takes it in a really bizarre bizarre direction um but it's kind of neat going back to it afterwards and like oh hang on all that dialogue like totally has a different meaning now it's like when you first play god of war and mm -hmm. you fight the stranger and yep. you you make one assumption and then you learn some information later in the game and it completely changes the context of everything people have been saying to you so it does that and it gives you this like insane final like Star Fox 64-esque boss that's like only a bullet hell. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that comparison. Oh my god it is like yeah it's absolutely Star Fox is what it felt like but it is like a bullet hell just the final secret boss and that like I must have played it for like two hours last night to beat this boss Wow. Um, and I realized that I only played with a portion of the controls <laughs> and so the final boss took me like 11 it was timed it took 11 minutes to go through all of the phases in the fight because i thought that i only had so many attacks i could do and so half of the final boss was like this is the dodge section until i'm allowed to do a dps phase i'm like okay now it's dps phase attack 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 okay back to dodging and that was basically like 50 50 on the fight and then i watched someone on youtube do it this morning I'm like oh they're shooting a big laser <laughs> oh they're doing it in this in the place that i didn't oh know God. you could attack and so um <laughs> so I, I figured out that i was actually playing fury kind of wrong 
And uh, you have like three attacks, not just one attack. <laughs> when you found that out, would you say you were furious? <laughs> you know what? It was just really funny more than anything. I had such a fun time <laughs> and I made the boss way harder than it needed to be. Um, but I got so much satisfaction after finally winning after the gauntlet I put myself through. So uh, sounds like that a, was my fear experience. Sounds like a journey. I, I recommend like playing Fury and looking at the controls is what I would uh, advise to anybody. <laughs> yeah, make sure you play it right. But that's that's cool. That's a, It sounds like a good experience. And it's interesting how it contrasts so heavily with Strikers, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. how, would you, how would you say it compares just quickly to like the control of something like Death's Door, like with the parrying and all that stuff in that game? It's very different. So I'd say Death's Door and like even a lot of, even other FromSoft games, not Sekiro, but like... Bloodborne and like Dark Souls and Death's Door, they have really good action mechanics. Um, but I'd say they're action games first. This one feels more like Sekiro in the sense of like it's a one-on-one -on -one duel at all times. Mm. And it, it's not so much in terms of like where you go in and out and get your hits. It's very much just like, okay, parry, parry, now it's my attack. Or dodge, dodge, now it's my attack. It becomes more of like a rhythm game mm. uh, in that sense. So like, yeah, I'd okay. say Se Sekiro is the one game I, I would weirdly compare it to for the melee. And then for bullet hell, it, it's very much just a competent bullet hell. Yeah. Cool. So and it, it tied yeah, together with a beautiful cyberpunk package. Those exactly. blues and those pinks. Everyone yeah, likes those colors these days. Carpenter Brutes on the soundtrack, which is actually like a band I listen to. And so I was like really excited. And the music is just, <laughs> it's, it's cool. Well, speaking of music, Kate, I think it's time to move into the second part of today's show, which is the quiz. Um, although this is a different uh, quiz this time, I've come up with a new idea, which actually I didn't come up with at all. It's completely stolen off of several <laughs> other podcasts and different shows. But you know what? It's Appreciate our version. And, <laughs> and I, to make it unique, have officially named this. This is a new game show. It's a game show within a podcast. And the show is called Good Listening. And... <laughs> <laughs> I am the host well, of this game it. show. My name is James, and I'm here right now to run you through the rules of good listening. Uh, the first ever episode, and welcome my contestant, Kate, to the show. Um, Kate, the, honor. the way this show works is I'm going to play five songs from different video games that you have played. I know okay. you've played them all. Some of them might be recent. Some of them might be something you've played in your past. But I know you will recognize these songs. And the okay. way that it's going to work is we're going to play these songs. They're about, you know, 40 minutes, 40 seconds to a minute long. 40 minutes. <laughs> Not 40, strap, yeah. in, guys. strap in, everybody. Strap um, in. Yeah. And then you're going to tell me you've got an opportunity to earn 10 points. You can okay. earn one point for telling me what game the song is from. Okay. And a second point for telling me either the name of the song or like when you would hear it in the game, depending on like the okay. context of what that game I is. Wait, one point for both of those? Can I not get a point if I get, can I not get two points if I get both? Um, no, no. I didn't okay. think about that. Uh, it's just, it depends on the context <laughs> of the game, right? Okay, um, I see. You'll, you'll see what I mean when you play. Okay, But sure. um, I was hoping to uh, see how you did. I, I don't know if this is going to be too easy or too hard. It is the first time. So we'll see how good right. your memory is. Um, for you listeners playing along, of course, let us know how you do in the comments below. Um, you'll be able to hear the music as well. So again, send it to circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com and see if you can beat Kate at uh, some games okay. that she is she's definitely played. So no, I, I listen to a lot of video game music and yeah. uh, in my Spotify playlist, so I, I'm hoping to do well on this. Well, let's find out uh, with song number one, and we will play it right now. Oh, God. 
This is intense. It's so familiar! <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, that hurts. All I right. I this I feel like this game the song is in Smash, <laughs> and, <laughs> but that doesn't help. Like there's I, so I, many Smash I, songs. I cannot. Um, well, I do. I can tell you if it's in Smash if you want to know. That doesn't really help because I can tell you the game is not Smash Bros. Yeah, I don't think it's a Smash original, but I feel like it feels like Final Fantasy esque to me. But I haven't played tons of Final Fantasy, and you did promise. Yeah, you've definitely played these games. I'm gonna kick myself because, like, I. I am so familiar with the song, and I I'm having so much trouble placing it. Um, man, if not, like you just a take a random fight. guess. I mean, this is for sure a boss fight, right? Like, this isn't. Oh, it might be Hollow Knight. It might be a Hollow Knight song, actually. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna think it's a Hollow Knight song. Um, okay. it's definitely a boss fight. It's not the. It might be. It's not the Mantis Lords, I don't think. Although it is elegant in the way that they would. <laughs> I uh. love listening to unpack this. <laughs> it's not Hornet. I know for sure it's not Hornet's theme. Okay. Well, this hurts. Uh, um, uh, uh, it's not the city. It's not in the city of tears. I'm putting a time limit. You have ten not more seconds. Enough. Okay. I'm gonna say it's the Mantis Lords. I know I'm wrong, but the Mantis Lords. Okay. Um, Mantis Lords. I will, in fact. Uh, tell you the answer now just so we can okay. play along easier at home yeah, um, this, my pain. this is actually the grand hall from skull the hero slayer oh a game so you played skull. very recently you're right. you're right oh i played a lot of skull too <laughs> i went through a phase where i played a lot but you're right yeah, yeah. shit you're right it's skull. all right skull. it's okay you got a lot of time to redeem yourself and i have okay. a feeling that this next song number two will be one that you can pick out pretty okay. fast. I, I more so wanted to play it for our listeners because it just rocks. Okay. Um, without any further ado, song number two. Oh! <laughs> this is like very Mega Man-y. Right? No hints. It's Mega Man, but it's also maybe Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay. It's some it's some really good chip tunes. I feel it is. like I know nothing anymore. <laughs> My confidence <laughs> from the start has been oh, absolutely man. wrong. I will I will tell you this is probably the song I'm most confident in you getting right. Wow. Or that's we'll see. tough. Okay, I'm gonna say it's not Mega Man then, because it's been a long time since I played some Mega Man. Um I it could be Undertale. It's very chiptoony. It's not one of the big songs. It's obviously not a Megalovania. It's not. Yeah, I didn't not, pick any like main songs from any of these games. Yeah, it would just be too easy. It's not like, yeah, it's not Undertale, Undertale. It's not Megalovania. It's not Home. I don't. I think it is Undertale, though. Okay. Um, 
I know it's gonna be wrong. I feel oh, I feel so embarrassed and, myself. Um, but where does it play? I kind of sounds like the hot area. Um, could be. A, I don't think it's one of the bosses. I think it's thirty seconds. Not the hot area. It's not the cold area. It's not Sans or Papyrus's themes. Um, it's that it's not the dummy you fight. Eight. It's like the quiz, the quiz section is the the quiz quiz section. section? All right, you're out of time. That's final answer. (laughs) Um, you are unfortunately incorrect. This is a song called "Pressing Pursuit" or "Cornered" from Phoenix Wright. When you have the evidence, and you're about to lock up the guy. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's fucking. It's Phoenix, right? Of so, course. Man, uh, it's so easy when you know what it is, though, right? It's, it's tough when so you're on the spot. It's so easy when you know what it is. Yeah, without context. If I had, yeah. oh, okay, okay, tough I'm gonna on get the this third one. Okay, all right. Let's let's listen to the okay. third song right now. Drum beats going on. Okay, we've got a guitar twang coming in. The guitar makes me think either Red Dead or Last of Us. Because mm-hmm. those definitely both have guitar motifs. So I'm thinking Red Dead more than okay. The Last of Us. It's just a little bit more hopeful <laughs> than it's got a little bit more like power and like kind of like yeah. Like we're rising up to do something more so than The Last of Us is a little bit more um, understated, I think. Uh, so it's, it's I'm good gonna analysis. Say it's, I'm going to say it's a Red Dead okay. song. Um, maybe two. Yep. Um, and I'm going to say it's when you go into the bar with, with Lenny because that's one of my favorite sequences and I have no idea otherwise. <laughs> okay. Um, I will say that you're completely wrong. Um, this is this is actually the prison rooftop from Dead Cells. Oh my god! Okay. Um, and I I think this was like the hardest one that I came up with. Okay. Um, I mean I I've not played a lot of Dead Cells. This might be like some late game area that you barely ever go to. I really don't know. But I I just thought it was okay. unique unique. So you know why not? That's that's a deep cut, but it is a good song. These have all been really really good songs so far. Yeah, they have. And and now speaking of this one, I will give you a hint for this one because it it might be a memory bank question. So for number four, put on your nostalgia glasses, okay? Okay. And let's listen to it right now. Oh, this is White Jungle from uh, Sonic Adventure 2. (laughs) I'm going to listen to the rest of it, but I I think that might be it. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about this part, actually. Am I... um... Video listeners just sitting here now watching us like listen to music. They <laughs> no <laughs> I'm like, so. Oh, once that like synthy piano. The synth really changes it. Yeah, in, that changed it a lot. The first part is is so similar to like 
it really had white jungle vibes to me um it's good whatever it is it feels like a nintendo game mm-hmm. i guess nostalgia kind of works with that too we played a lot of nintendo but um i'm gonna probably kick myself on this but in the interest of saving time i will go with my original guess which was white is, jungle which is white jungle from oh. adventure 2 I unfortunate know, I know, unfortunate I know. kate <laughs> <laughs> this is uh maybe this was a bit unfair, but this is from Spyro Year of the Dragon, and it is oh the it is the Sunrise Spring. It's like the the main hub area that you start out the game in. That's and funny. So, I never, never, ever have gotten that. Spyro the Dragon is one of those games I remember playing as a kid, yeah. but like in basically zero detail. And yeah. even when I bought the Spyro remix, I never actually made it to Year of the Dragon. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. I just knew this was a game we had played and it was like when you start the game, this is a hub area. We would have spent a lot of time in here. Mm-hmm. So like I instantly was like, oh, I remember like kind of the area of this. So I thought maybe you'd have the same reaction. But uh, yeah, pretty tough. I, I, got pretty a, tough. I got a three year debuff on guessing on that one. But yeah. OK, <laughs> well, all I can say is good luck with okay. this one. Um, hopes are high, but uh, my hopes were right. high for number two. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and without further ado, everyone, song five. Oh, this is Sonic. I was one too early. <laughs> this is Sonic Adventure 2 for sure. This is um, White Harbor. Mm. I think. I think. Oh, this could be a Tails level, actually. This is a Tails level for sure. Is it White Harbor? Metal Harbor, Kate. Metal Harbor. Metal Harbor. Metal Harbor. Right. Not, it's White Jungle. Metal Harbor. This is a Tails level. This is the the tails level that's on the bay, like by the water. Mm-hmm. I want to say, but I'm a hundred percent confident. Hundred percent confident. Sonic I Adventure say. Two. Sonic yeah, Adventure 100% Two. Sonic, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tails level. Sonic Adventure Two. Maybe the harbory one. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you earn one point. It is Sonic <laughs> Adventure God. Two. You have a score <laughs> of one. Um, unfortunately, it's not a harbor level. This is prison lane. Mm. When oh, Tails is escaping from that, uh, okay. I don't even know what, it's like a prison, obviously. There's like all the switches yeah. and you're going through, it's really gray. But yeah, 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 yeah. Sonic Adventure oh. 2 Battle, Sonic Prison Adventure. Lane. I've so, been listening to that soundtrack, but I haven't listened to that. I've been listening to like Aquatic Mine, yeah. Pumpkin Hill, and like, My name of course, is Knuckles. Live and Learn. Here on Pumpkin Hill. Hill. <laughs> great yeah. song, great song. Great well, song. Uh, that's a one out of 10. And the good That's thing about good. Uh, one out of ten, no, but the good thing is we can put a positive spin on it. Is that this is the first time uh, of playing good listening on the show, and so <laughs> the scores can only get better from here. Uh, next time we play right. good listening, so right, maybe, that's maybe, true. Maybe, I, I am. Dis- I feel like I don't hate myself for getting them wrong. I feel tragic about the uh, Phoenix Wright question. Yeah, I, feel I was like that shocked. is such a distinct song, and I knew it's so like familiar it was like running and it felt like running into someone and like being like oh hey you and not knowing who they were and then they're like oh we dated for seven years how do you not remember me <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, i really should have known that <laughs> that's a i couldn't extri- describe that better myself that's that's perfect <laughs> um well look forward to playing that next time hopefully uh maybe we can switch roles and you can you can host next time yeah. because i would love to to try my hat and, at that and see and if i can see it's, do better it's not it's not so easy as it turns out <laughs> no no it's not <laughs> Um, you can let us know how you did, though, like I said at the top of the segment, uh, by writing into circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com, or you can let us know on Twitter at CNSPod. 
um, where you can get in touch with us there as well. And speaking of getting in touch with us, we'll close out the show just by answering a listener mail question before we go for the day. And uh, Kate, why don't you read the question for today? Yeah, so this is kind of a fun one. Um, Matias asks us, so what is a game you felt you played wrong? Uh, and I'll just go first because I had the perfect experience with this um, as of literally today and yesterday <laughs> <laughs> okay. when I found out that um, I don't know how to play Fury because I just play it arbitrarily wrong and hard with uh, half of the controls at my disposal. Um, <laughs> what a fitting it, question to answer on the show today. Yeah, it actually ties in nicely, though. <laughs> like My original answer when I thought about this the other day was I intentionally don't use certain mechanics in games um, because I just prefer some mechanics. So I was originally thinking of Sekiro and mm. how like the weapon arts are such, and Dark Souls 3 has this too, actually, where they give you those like really cool weapon arts that are like those big attacks that you get off of like skill trees. And they're like supposed to be big tactics you kind of build into. And I literally never used a single one the whole time I played. <laughs> That's funny. And yeah. also, like, with the ninja tools and stuff as well, like, I just liked the base combat so much that I didn't want to use any of the flashy things because I just wanted to play, like, with your bread and butter, just sword. Just keep and it basic, yeah. So, exactly. So I was thinking, like, well, I played Sekiro that way, which is kind of weird. And then it also sort of works with Fury. Like, I intentionally, I, I didn't use, like, the good moves because I just used my basic attacks. And so... If I hadn't have fucked up and not known the controls, I might have done that anyway, <laughs> just because <laughs> I'm a weird masochist and I want to make it harder for myself, apparently. So Hey, you know what you um, like. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. So I, I play games wrong in that way. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, good answer. I, I have two answers myself. The first one is, for some reason, and this is a problem that plagues probably everyone. I know you're, you're in the same boat. When I'm playing RPGs, I just don't use my items and I don't know why. Oh my god. Like, I yeah. never use my potions, never use what like if those. You, what if you need them later? What yeah. if there's like seven secret final bosses after the final boss and you used your potions on the final boss like an idiot? <laughs> I know. It's it's such a painful problem. Like and I, I understand like mm -hmm. sometimes it's good to save like the one off items. Like I think back to like stuff like Wacka's bump in Paper Mario where you only get yep. like a certain a finite amount of those. Or like in Persona, there's like finite amounts of like the good MP restoring items, which is yep. like that's important yep. to have for certain bosses. But in general it's like just use your damn potions, man. Like you know, use your attack items. Just, just, there's no point having them sitting in your inventory mm -hmm. and having like 200 of them at the end of the game. Like I always exactly. have that. Um, yeah. And the other one for me, that's like kind of specific is like, and I think I've remedied this a bit now, but I, I used to play like, if there was a game that would come out, like, you know, back in the two thousands when I was playing more call of duty or like other games with campaigns, like kill zone or whatever, I would always make a deal with myself. Like I'm going to play through the campaign before I play the multiplayer. And it was like, it's such a weird way to play it. Right. Because mm -hmm. if a game comes out and it's brand new, like everyone's going to be learning the multiplayer jumping into that. And then by the time I go through the campaign for a week and then multiplayer next week, it's like, I'm already trying to learn the maps and everyone's killing me from like other areas because they've played before. And it's just like a weird way to do that. But I think with Halo Infinite, I did at least the opposite there. I played the multiplayer first. So right. Maybe I've it broke you out that of that around. cycle. Yeah, yeah, it's just a weird I, thing I have. I don't know why I yeah, do that. We definitely like impose weird restrictions on ourselves. Like there's even been times where like I've been interested in a franchise, but it's like, well, I can't jump in in game two. I have to play game one first. But like, mm. oh, game one isn't fun. So I'm just not going to play any of them. And it's like, <laughs> why? Why? Just play the one you're interested in. Like, the Witcher, that's The Witcher 3 for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, fuck, if I haven't played the other Witchers, so I can't play The Witcher 3. And then I'm just never playing The Witcher 3 because it's like, oh, that's, that's, that's too much of a commitment to go back and play the other yeah. two. Yeah. 
I see. I, I don't have do that it. problem at least. I'm more than comfortable looking up like videos or a summary of a certain game and then moving to the no. next one. Like I, I'm, I'm okay with that most <laughs> of the time. But uh, yeah, interesting question. Um, it made me think a little bit because I, I was going yeah. through like a list of games that I played and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I've played any of these wrong. Like, what is playing a game wrong? Yeah, but I think we can agree, like, that. like not using your potions in an RPG, which lets you use items like i think that's wrong like you're meant to use those yeah so. it's 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 limiting yourself for no actual gain or reason because you have some like you know anxiety mm -hmm. about yeah <laughs> it's like i would rather idea. run back to the inn to sleep again instead of going halfway through the dungeon and yeah using it's the potions. Like, I, like i remember doing that in pokemon like yeah as a kid yeah and like never using potions because it'd be like oh no i took a little bit of damage i have like 40 potions in my inventory like i guess yeah. i'll fucking run run back all the way back and, like, run through viridian city all the, the way back like, the, yeah oh exactly God. and it's like just just why why did i do that what a nightmare <laughs> what a nightmare yeah um, well, thanks for the question, Matthias. Always a pleasure to answer these uh, listener mail questions. And I think that's going to close us out for the show today, Kate. So again, um, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate the support uh, on the show as always. And we'll be back again next Monday to talk about uh, some PlayStation news on the Circles and Squares news report. So we'll see you all next week. <laughs>